Hey, I'm Steve Folland. Welcome to another one. This episode of Being Freelance is supported by FreeAgent, the award-winning cloud accounting software loved and trusted by over 80,000 freelancers and small businesses. To claim your one-month free trial, visit freeagent.com slash beingfreelance. And support also comes from With Jack. They help keep you in business by supporting you financially or legally if you have problems with a client. Get the freelance insurance you deserve. With zero cancellation fees and monthly plans, you have complete control over your protection. Visit withjack.co.uk and be a confident freelancer. And right now, let's find out what it's like being freelance for designer Ketan Mystery. In hindsight, I wish I'd not panicked and just, you know, waited just to see what happens. Work always comes. When an inquiry comes in, I don't really look at how much it's going to cost, you know, what, the, what, the, what I'm going to make out of it. I prefer to know what, what type of work it's going to be. Yeah, I'm more interested in what I'll be building and what I'll be designing rather than what I'll be making out of it. <laughs> started an agency in Manchester and then there's all the tax things to sort out and pensions and all these laws that you got to go through and it's just too stressful. And when you're a freelancer, you, you sort of lose all that responsibility and just get on with what you, you love doing. Yeah, so there is Ketan, who's originally from the UK, now based in Australia, in Melbourne, in fact. Uh, yet again, another guest from this particular season who has relocated whilst being freelance wasn't on purpose, ended up that way. And like I said in an earlier episode, I wonder whether that's because more people are just doing it. And Ketan's episode is 198. 198, two to go. Um, And then episode 200 is recorded live in front of an audience in London at the underpinned Christmas party. Remember, you can be there. There are details at beingfreelance.com or in the Being Freelance community. Click on the link. Grab your free ticket and make sure you register to be on the podcast guest list as well, because it would be awesome to celebrate with as many of you as possible. So if you can be in London on Friday, December the 13th, come and join us. We're doing the episode live and then we are partying with everybody else. Come join us. Details online. If you're listening to this in the future, sorry, you missed out. Tell you what, though, come join us in the community anyway. There's a link at beingfreelance.com. Right, let's crack on. Chat to this week's guest. That is Freelance Design based in Melbourne, Ketan Mystery. Hey, Ketan. Hi, Steve. Let's get started hearing how you got started being freelance. Um, so I started uh, freelancing, officially started freelancing in 2007. But I actually started when I was at uni, so I was doing little bits and bobs. Uh, so then 2007, I left Zen Internet, who I was working for as a graphic designer. Before that, I was building up clients uh, so I got two or three clients so, to make the jump, to make the leap. And then it went on from there, really. How long were you employed, you know, as, by somebody else, if you see what I mean? So I was there for three years. And what was it that made you want to go freelance? I just got bored. I just got bored of doing what I was doing. Because when I, when I was there, I was just mainly just doing website design. So just doing the interfaces and stuff. And then I would pass that on to the developers and they'd build the website and then it got to a point where we were just churning these designs out like we were on a conveyor belt you know because it, mm-hmm. it was a quite a big sales team so they were just throwing work at us and it was just getting repetitive and I got bored of it so I thought now's the time. 
so you started building up freelance clients in your own time. How, how are you finding those clients? Um, it was actually just word of mouth. Some of my uh, colleagues, when I was working there, they passed on a few, you know, their friends to me. So I did a little bit. They, they weren't big jobs, just small, you know, small little bit of websites and stuff. But there was one client which was giving me uh, repetitive work. So that was enough to sort of make the leap. I st- uh, my wife was also working full time. So that's, that was a benefit. So she said, just do it. So I did it. <laughs> And how did it go? It went all right, yeah. Um, it was tough. It was hard to start with. Um, I, I only had probably two clients. 2007, you know, there was Facebook was in its infancy and Twitter was in its infancy. So you didn't have what you have now to advertise and stuff. Um, so I actually went out and did direct mail shots and stuff and to restaurants and new startups trying to get some work from there. And eventually I got maybe five or six small websites to keep me going over the six months and then a couple of the clients from where I was working found out I'd left some big clients Carcraft they left you know when uh, they were we were doing work for them and they found out I left and then from there they just sort of throwing money at me and getting me to do lots of loads of websites for them so then I was doing work for them for two or three years and because of that I actually employed uh, a graphic designer to help me so they were, we had a team of two doing work yeah wow when was it that you hired someone else it was probably about 2009 I think and were they like freelance or did you actually employ them no I employed them yeah how did you reach that stage like what what was it that triggered in you that eventually made you think yeah I need um, to well I just had so much work, I couldn't do it all myself. And when, when you work with a big client, they always want a quick turnaround and I couldn't offer that. So um, what I did was I got um, another designer in. Um, I did the big stuff, the car craft stuff and all the other little bits and bobs that came in, he would do. So we'd balance it that way. And it worked. It worked well for, you know, I think he was with me for about one and a half years, two years. And was he working actually alongside you or remotely? Or? Yeah, so I start, when I first started freelancing, I worked at home. You know, I had a little office um, in one of the bedrooms. What happened was I started to work too late, if you know what I mean. <laughs> so I'd work from seven and carry on working till 10 or 11. Um, and it wasn't wasn't good for me so I decided to get an an office a little office so then I moved out and then I started to do nine to six or something like that and get a proper routine going it worked well with uh, there was just two of us in this little tiny box office (laughs) yeah and other than having this extra pair of hands next to you did you find being in that office like were you getting the same amount of work done that you would have done seven to eleven or whatever or like did, did it change the way you worked? Um, a little bit because when you employ somebody, you have to sort of manage them and that takes time itself. Plus, when you've got your own business, you've got to do admin as well. So all that sort of added up a little bit. So I started working on the weekend a little bit just to catch up with the admin side of things. Yeah, there's, there's always something. You know? <laughs> um, and the hardest part for me was when you take somebody on, you've got to do all their the pay slips and the tax and all that. And that takes quite long, you know. Did you have any support in in hiring someone? Yeah, well, I had my dad who was a um, 
he was an ex-tax inspector. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, he, he um, was quite good with all the contracts and all the pay and all that stuff. So um, he, he put me in the right direction with that. So uh, that was quite handy to have, you know. <laughs> so how did things move on from there? So then after that, um, we didn't get much stuff from Carcraft after that, after I think two or three years. And um, then I started to panic a little bit. And because we weren't getting much work in, I had to let him go eventually, um, which was a slight mistake, actually, because I panicked. I did actually get work after he left, which would have kept him on for a little while longer. So, yeah, it was tough. But then it started to build up again, yeah. In hindsight, I wish I'd not panicked and just you know waited and just to see what happens because i did get end up getting the same amount of work from another client so that's one of the things i've learned over the years is, is just not to panic just work always comes <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that's the way i've always done things now you know so it's 2010 something like that when he leaves you yeah so that's still we've still got quite a bit of gap between then and now so around that time <laughs> 2010 we actually me and my wife decided that let's go and check out Australia I did a little tour of Australia during that time uh, and came out here for I think four weeks I think it was just to see what was what Melbourne and Sydney and everything was like and then it was always on in our plan to when we came back we thought you know this is what we want to do we want to go to Australia so it was always in my in our plan to move there to move here um so then we carried on as normal my, my wife did all the exams and stuff because she's an optician so she had to do some ex, uh, exams to come here and then our plans changed when we had a, a little boy so we waited <laughs> uh, and i was still freelancing and then i started an agency in manchester co-founded an agency in manchester with a friend uh, i think that was 2014 maybe how did that come about my friend was um, a salesman at the Zen Internet where we worked together and he always wanted to start his own business. So he started his own web design agency and we shared an office in Salford. And then he came to me and said, well, you know, why don't we just join it together? You can do the design and I'll do all the sales and proposals and all that stuff and the marketing. And I was a bit reluctant to start with because I never really wanted to start going to a partnership because my dad always said don't go into a partnership because it always breaks down but then I said all right let's do it I've known him for a while so let's do it and it, it worked all right for it, it it went on for what five years I think four years it wasn't brilliant <laughs> we weren't getting that much work in um, we did employ about six staff but the staff turnover was they just kept leaving and they just weren't happy with the, the work they were doing and stuff. So, And then I moved here in uh, 2016. So I was uh, still doing work for the agency whilst I was here for my first year. And then the, the company was just struggling. You know, it, was, it wasn't getting any work in. There wasn't enough money to pay the staff. And then I decided to resign and go back to freelancing. So I've been doing freelancing again for the last couple of years now. What did you take away from that experience? Not to start an agency. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I just, yeah, you know, I just wouldn't do it. <laughs> um, it's an experience, but unless you know um, your partner very well and you know what they're capable of, then it's all right. But I think it got to a point where there just wasn't enough work coming in and, and it's difficult. It's a tricky one. Um, you don't know unless you've done it, I suppose. But yeah, I wouldn't do it again. It was it was too stressful. Um, there's too much involved, you know, when you take on staff. And then there's all the other tax things to sort out and the pensions and all these laws that you go, go through. And it's just too stressful. And when you're a freelancer, you, you sort of lose all that responsibility and just get on with what you, you love doing. So it's so what was it 2017 you're in australia yeah and you leave you leave that behind you've got one child i've got one kid yeah eight years old one boy what eight years now or eight back then no he's eight years now yeah eight years old now eight years now wow i mean i suppose the shift to working in australia was that made easier by the fact that you knew you had that work back in the uk yeah it was yeah yeah um I didn't have to worry about where the, the the pay was coming from. The only thing I had to worry about was what was going on back in the UK because I didn't really know. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know the time difference and everything, and you hear one set of stories from one staff and another from different sets. So that was the only challenge: the, communica- the communication. So as you then started to think, right, well, I'm I'm going to leave that and go freelance again. Did you start like how did you start to build up that next set of freelance clients now that you're in a different country well what happened was I, I'm, I'm i guess i'm quite lucky really you know um so i left and then all the other clients found out i'd left <laughs> um so they came with me so it, it wasn't that difficult for me really um and the thing with the, the clients were they're all uh, e-commerce based so it was all uh, recurring you know repetitive work stuff so um, it wasn't too much of a problem. I mean, that didn't happen straight away. It took about three or four months. So in that three or four months, I was just sorting my, preparing my website out and my branding and trying to, you know, get myself noticed. Um, but that's where I had a slight problem because I'd been doing development for the last four years. I didn't actually have anything to put on my portfolio. So I had to make quite a few things up to start with. And I didn't have any of my work from the last six or seven years when I was freelancing by myself because everything got stolen. So so I sort of just had to pluck things together and it was quite tricky. It was quite challenging to start with. In what way did everything get stolen? As in literally the hard drives went? Or... Everything, yeah, yeah. So um, it was because we were in Salford, um, we had a little office and it happened on uh, New Year's Eve, I think it was. <laughs> they took all my backup drives and my computer and everything so everything was gone and I didn't have anything other than what I'd printed out in my you know physical portfolio so jeez yeah has that changed the way you now back up or or anything or yeah everything's online now <laughs> I have backups with Google Drive and iCloud and everything yeah everything's online god that's frightening um for clients that were coming to you eventually from you know the agency in the UK clearly I'm presuming they're based in the UK did you also start to get clients 
based locally in Australia? Yeah, so I've got a couple of clients here now. One of them is an e-commerce client, so so I do quite a lot of work for them. But most of it's from the the UK, yeah. And how do you how do you find that like working across such a different time zone? It's fine because it actually is quite helpful because when it's the UK, well, when it's my Monday, it's still Sunday over there. <laughs> so I get, in effect, I get a sort of an extra day to do work. Um, so it works quite well. So I do the the work during the day, and by the client's morning, it's it's ready for them. So they're happy. And how did you get the client in Australia? Like, how are you? How are you putting yourself out there? In so Australia? I just use my website as my um, main advertising tool. I used to be on Twitter and LinkedIn, but I've, I've stopped. I've cancel both of those now um it's just my just my website and my blog so they just i mean i get quite a lot of inquiries through my website i got so many that i had to put a message up to say i'm not taking any more work on them wow yeah so So, i mean let's let's face it you put that up in what 2017 so january 2018 i went freelance here so did you like I, i Basically, what the hell did you do to your SEO to suddenly find um, that too much work was coming your way? I think that's the question everybody's thinking. <laughs> um, I didn't do much, really. I, I think what I found, well, when I first launched my website, I created a really simple one just to get it out there. Um, didn't get much, many inquiries from it. And then I redid it to the new one, which is sat there right now, um, which was, I think, maybe... So I launched the, the the previous one in January 2018, and I think around March time I, I revamped it again. But on the, on the new one, the current one, I started to put case studies on there. Um, so I think I've got about four great case studies on there. And as soon as I put that up, the inquiries started flooding in, <laughs> um, and I think that did the trick for me. Yeah. So are you like I don't know Melbourne? web designer melbourne graphic designer yes yeah, so, so i've put myself as a freelance designer melbourne and shopify developer melbourne so both of those uh, seem to be doing quite well i mean i'm not on like the first i think i'm on like page five or six or something but i think uh, one of the advantages i had was i still had my old domain name when i was freelancing seven years ago and I redirected that to my new one. So I think some of the juice from that has come come across. Hmm. Okay, I've got to pick you up on the fact that you said you came off Twitter and LinkedIn. What was your thinking? And which came first? Which did you ditch first? I did Twitter first. <laughs> yeah, I got, I think um, one of the big things for Twitter was every time I went on to see my um, timeline, it was just full of stuff I wasn't interested in. And it just people I didn't even follow so I thought well this is not this is just totally unproductive for me now <laughs> and then the other thing I noticed was if somebody commented something you know did something nice um they'd get a few good comments but then it would be a load of bad comments and negative comments uh, and I just thought you know this is it's not good to be part of this so I decided to quit that so actually you weren't or you know, over the past 10 years or so, you weren't already using it as a source of, I don't know, chatting to people or finding work anyway. You just I was, it I was using it. Yeah. Oh, you were? I was using it. Um, yeah, I was using it quite a lot, but then I think I just got fed up of it, you know. 
Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think I, I've not, what, when did I quit? Maybe it was about three or four months ago now, I think. And I don't miss it. I don't miss it at all. Yeah. And then LinkedIn. Yeah, LinkedIn, I never liked it. So I never, <laughs> I never used it. <laughs> profile was well out of date. So I thought I might as well ditch that at the same time. <laughs> I just don't like the interface of, of LinkedIn. I just couldn't use it. I felt like I was using a tool from the 50s. So. <laughs> so you're quite comfortable in the fact that actually people are going to find me via my online site. I don't need to put myself on these. Yeah. How about the others like Instagram? I'm on Instagram, but it's private account just for family. So Okay, so that's like a... Oh, Facebook, of course. Oh my God, I just forgot Facebook existed. Facebook. <laughs> yeah, Facebook, I've never used it. I've got an account. I've never used it though. Do you regularly, because you mentioned your like journal, your blog. Yeah. Do you regularly post stuff to your I try to. Website? Yeah, it's a bit out of date at the moment because I've not done anything last month. But I try to put at least one post up every month. Who do those posts target? Like who are they aimed at? Like your clients or like? Um, it sort of depends. It depends what what mood I'm in really. Um, sometimes it's... it's uh, an information piece you know maybe like Shopify or something like that and sometimes it might just be uh, an image of some wireframes I'm doing yeah it depends what I'm working on or what pops into my head at the time but I don't target it for anything in particular I just do what I am doing basically nice yeah. yeah and do you put personal stuff on there as well as in give giving a bit away as to who Ketan might be? Um, no, I don't, but I do have the About Me page, which has quite a lot of stuff on it about me. Yeah, it has like a timeline on there, which is of everything that's happened to me over the last 20 years. So No, it's cool. Yeah, as, as ever, of course, you can go to beingfreelance.com and there'll be a link through to Ketan's website. I'd really like the timeline. I, although it does make me laugh because there is a um, there are testimonials from LinkedIn on your website. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So it did serve a purpose. Uh, yeah, but they're quite old. They're quite old testimonials. <laughs> I think they're probably about ten years old. But <laughs> and so, how is your work-life balance now? Obviously, a long time ago, you were working seven a.m. to eleven p.m., and it sounds like you've always taken a view to try and adjust and tweak things. How's it for you now? Oh, now it's brilliant. You know. My days usually revolve around my son, so I do the the, the school pickup and drop off and whatnot. So um, I usually start around about seven in the morning, I just catch up with a few emails, seven to eight, and then drop my son off at school. And then I usually start back again around about half nine or something like that. So then I work solid from um, half nine to half two, and then I go and pick my son up again. <laughs> then I start do a little bit from between half four and half six or something like that so i try not i try not to work past eight that's my cutoff point so it's quite it's nice you know if the sun's shining then i sit outside for a bit and get some vitamin d yeah (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it's it's nice now so now working from home you've managed to be more restrained yeah yeah than the first time around yeah yeah a, a lot a lot more now um I'm quite lucky because I think all my clients that I have, I don't really have deadlines from them. They just sort of let me get on with it and get things done. They they know I'm pretty fast anyway, so they don't enforce any deadlines on me, which is really nice to have. So I can just get on with things and juggle things around as whenever I like, so it's good. 
Yeah. And do you think you would ever hire people or like go down that route again? No. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Um, I think I think one of the things that put me off the first time around was just all the admin work that it involves and the, and the micromanaging of everything and. Um, see, I'm quite particular with my work, so I like to make sure everything's how I like to have it and how you know it should work. I'm a bit of a perfectionist, <laughs> mm. um, so if if the work's not done to a certain standard, then it I get a bit edgy and I like to redo it or whatnot. So I'd rather not have that that situation. Yeah. But the first time when you hired, it was because you had way simply too much work to do. So does that mean you now turn work down? I do. I turn a lot of work down. <laughs> yeah, I have to because I, I don't. I don't want to be in a, in a situation where I've got you know ten projects and I can't and I'm working every day and on the weekends and everything and not having time to spend with my little boy and stuff. So yeah, I try to keep a good balance. What is in your head when you're choosing what to work? On. Uh, I like to make sure it's it's um, a good mix of design and a bit of development stuff. If I can, I try not to pick something that I've done before. It's got to have some sort of challenge to it. I'm a bit picky like that. I don't know. Have things changed over the years which have given you that ability? And I, I don't know, is, is pricing tied up in that? or? or... Yeah, um I don't really when I when when an inquiry comes in, I don't really look at how much it's going to cost. You know, what the, what the, what I'm going to make out of it. I prefer to know what what type of work it's going to be. I'm pretty flexible with the, with pricing. I mean, if it is a big project, then you quote adequately and stuff. But yeah, I'm more interested in what I'll be building and what I'll be designing rather than what I'll be making out of it. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Ketan, I always do this thing where I ask for three facts about yourself to make two true and one a lie and let me figure out the lie. What do you have for me? Okay, all right. This will be interesting. <laughs> um, so, I appeared on Channel 4 News, stood alongside Sir Roger Moore. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Second one, I have filled up a moleskin notebook for every year I freelanced. Right. And the third one is um, I built my own CMS when I was 18. Now, Moleskin, funnily enough, so I did recently a big list of potential Christmas presents that freelancers would like. Yep. And I felt I had to put a Moleskin notebook in there. And I wrote something like, if you've never owned a Moleskin notebook, are you even actually a freelancer? Like, of, <laughs> of course, like... At some point, you might move on. You find a different one, but there's something about them yeah, that is just is. very so that so there's something about that fact that rings true. Do you like what do you fill them with? Just notes on projects and sketches, and sometimes my son comes to me and we have a little drawing day or something. So, do you ever look back? Do you refer? Are they like a living thing, or do you just chuck them in a drawer and that's it? Uh, no, I keep them on my shelf actually, and whenever I want to reminisce. <laughs> Uh, look through them, yeah. So there is quite a few side projects that were listed in some of them, but which I never got around to doing. So they're still there. And if I ever get bored of anything, mm. I can pull them out. You did a CMS when you were 18 for yourself? like I did it for a client. I mean, you always say that you're a designer rather than a developer, but you can code. I don't, that sounds very codey. That sounds very... Yeah. Hmm. And for a client. Although you did say you... 
you did freelance stuff when you were studying at university, so maybe... Ah, uh, okay. Now everybody's saying, shut up about the CMS, ask him about Roger Moore. Yeah. You were standing... So Channel 4 News is like one of the big news channels uh, or big news shows here in the UK. Sir Roger Moore, one of the greatest James Bonds. Why were you standing next to Roger Moore? So my... Um... <laughs> My dad got an MBE um, about 20 years ago, I think it was. And I was, you know, in the, the on on the news, I, um, I appeared, stood next to him on, on Channel 4 News. And he was a giant. You got to, like, go to Buckingham Palace or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Roger Moore was, was he getting knighted at the same time yeah, that your was. dad got his MBE? Yeah, he was, yeah. He, he was wearing a big black coat and he was absolutely massive. <laughs> We we're, were a small family, so he, but he was a giant. <laughs> I am going to be gutted if that's not true. The moleskin sounds plausible, but then I'm thinking, why would you make up the CMS 18 thing? So maybe moleskin isn't true. Maybe you've picked moleskin because of what I said, which is it feels like every freelancer has one. <laughs> maybe you buy one every year, but you never fill it out. I don't know. Yeah, maybe you get one for Christmas every year, but you never use them. Maybe you hate them. Oh, I don't know. Okay. Why would you make CMS up? CMS. Okay, I'm going to say Roger Moore. No, Roger Moore has to be true. Ah, Moleskin is the lie. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yes! <laughs> I was so convinced that that was true, but it was like, why would you make up CMS and Roger Moore has to yeah, be true? I thought oh, that's so that. cool. <laughs> You stood next to Roger Moore. Yeah. That is cool. Yeah, we said hello to him and stuff. It was good. It was good day. Now, if you could tell your younger self one thing about being freelance, what would that be? Um, I think it would be not to panic when things get quiet because work, you know, it'll always come. Um, that's one thing I've noticed. It's like a cycle. So it'll go quiet, but then it'll always pick up and you'll be like, you know, back to normal again. So not to worry. Uh, Ketan, thank you so much. Go to beingfreelance.com. And as ever, there are links through to all of our guests and nearly 200 guests there are. So please go back, have a listen. Remember, it doesn't matter what they do for a living. It's all about the being freelancer. If the, if the, you know, the job that they do doesn't match anything that you do, trust me, really doesn't matter. Go back and have a listen. Hit subscribe. And of course, if you can leave a review and share these with other people. If, like myself and Ketan just mentioned, you're a self-employed parent, I also do another podcast called Doing It For The Kids. So go check that out as well. Myself and Frankie from the Doing It For The Kids community. It's just a short 20-minute Q&A. It's a lot of fun. It would be good to see you over there too. Doing It For The Kids, it is called. And yeah, I will see you for another one very soon. But Ketan, thanks so much and all the best being freelance. Thank you for having me.